following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And here we are. It's time for another edition of Mix Shots, and eventually Mickey Spagnola will have his headset on and be ready for another week of Mix Shots. We do not have Everson Walls this week. Everson has uh, called out this week, and we are here for the next hour to talk about. <laughs> he, he's on IR. We do have, obviously, we and do. You know, have I can Chris hear Bean. without my headsets on, yes, too. Yes, you by can. The way. Yes, you can. When are we going to open it up to phone calls? Anytime you want. Anytime you want. Anytime you want. You want to do it today? 888-855-2297. That's funny because we haven't You're mentioned right. it over the course of A how year. long? Or two years? Maybe. <laughs> Ever since, well, for sure since uh, March 13, 2020, since the pandemic hit. Well, I we have so we t- much to talk about. We do, but I was like. You know what? This is just spur of the moment. There we ought to might take be some questions out there. We ought to take some phone calls since we don't have Everson to fill up the airspace today oh. here inside the SWBC podcast studio. It's March 31st. We're moving into April, and you know what April means. The, the draft. Masters. What's that, Chris B? The Masters? It means the Masters. Oh, yes. I've got it's green jackets and, <laughs> and green, green notebooks. notebooks. Very That's good. That's exactly right. Yep. And so the 2022 Big Green NFL Draft up? Scouting Notebook is filling up. All right. By the day, by the hour. And so it's about time we started talking draft over the next few weeks. You here. got you got kickers in there? There are kickers in there. All right. <laughs> There's one from McKinney. There is. Uh-huh. He's from McKinney, and he went to LSU that oh, he's going to get drafted. Um, I just read about him. Cade York. Cade York. Mm-hmm. He's kind of rated, I think, the top kicker. Mm-hmm. And the second top kicker is from Dicker. Alabama. Oh, Dicker the kicker? Dicker the kicker. From Texas. Texas. You know what? <laughs> I didn't see his name on a list. He he did come out. You know, he started his, he started his career strong at Texas. Yeah. He did not kick as well late in his career. The guy from Alabama I saw was listed, and he okay. he was. I, I haven't for, got that deep into I it. I forgot his name. <laughs> he didn't kick that much, but he when kicks he did, extra. You kick extra points well. at Alabama. Yes, yes, he was good at extra points. <laughs> they didn't use him all that much, but they, yeah, I didn't realize Cade was from. Yep, from here. He's from right here in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. All right, we had. The and end the end. only reason I said that is when Stephen did his interview from mm-hmm. the meetings, and somebody asked him about knee. Needs, uh, in the draft, and the first thing he said was, "Not needs, uh, needs not just the draft, but things they Overall, still need to work on." Yeah, and I, the first thing that came out was kicker, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "Well, yeah, need a kicker." Uh huh. And they really don't. And you know what? There's really not much out there. I did a little quick look and. The top three guys that were unrestricted free agents or considered Michael Bagley. Ba- How do you say it? Bagley. Did I say it right? Um, 
Chase McLaughlin and Matt Amendola. He was just released by the Jets, who to just make signed room Greg for Zerline. Yeah, and right, they also so. they had uh, Eddie Pinheiro. Uh, he's in a battle. Zerline will be in a battle there because Pinheiro. He was a restricted free agent, and they went ahead and signed yeah. him. And uh, so. Uh, rather than him getting released out on the streets. And so he's now, I guess, Zerline is probably the favorite. But I'm sure what the Cowboys want to do, I mean, they've got the, is it Nager? Nager, the guy that they did sign, it's a young kid. I don't think he's kicked before. Um, <laughs> he hasn't kicked before? I mean, in the NFL. <laughs> I think he's kicked in one game. This, well, this bodes well. Let me we finish. Signed, we signed that kicker who's never kicked he before. He doesn't have That's much nice. experience. Uh, he, yeah. Um, uh, Nagar? Nagar? Chris Nagar. Nagar? Nagar? He was from S- – I didn't write that down, but he was a street-free agent yeah. pickup kicker. So yeah. what they have to do – Hunter, nice wander. Um, punter. Punter. They got a punter. Uh-huh. They spent money. Yes, on that. they do. Uh, they probably want to bring in a veteran, and then I would think at some point they draft one. You got four fifth round draft picks. Would you take is one that there? the sweet spot? Would I you think take it probably is. Would Would Cade York last that long? I think. I think when you look, in fact. Uh, the kicker for uh, the Bengals this year, who is basically one of their best players, he was a fifth round draft pick. He, he was, was a rookie, fifth round draft pick. So that's kind of the sweet spot, unless you're Sebastian Janikowski, or right? Unless, uh, and unless... that guy's coming out next year from Missouri. So, oh, the thicker kicker, the thicker kicker. Yeah. Okay. And he's so he's good. He's real good. Distance. How do you know? I watch. Okay. I didn't realize Missouri got into scoring position. Ha, ha, ha. Unfortunately, <laughs> hey. too many times kicking field goals. <laughs> um, Chris Beam has alerted us that we actually have a phone call. Would you like to kick it off, so to speak, with a phone call? Let's do something different. All right. Uh, Chris, oh, oh, I threw a curveball. My server just reset for oh, my phone, we need so I don't the, know if it hung him up or not. i got to turn around and, and look at this. And, and Sorry. It's right. like if Chris Beam, you let us know when you have that server. And if you drop right. kicker and you're listening, kicker, if you drop caller and you're listening, call back again. But just make sure you're good. That's right. Because we haven't done That's this right. in a while. <laughs> That's Pressure's right. on. That's right. All right. Okay. Uh, owners meetings yes. in Florida this week. Um I, you they know, listened to me. About? O- overtime. Okay. What did I say last week? Just play football? That's what I say, just play football. And that's but what they decided. I, I'll take it a step further for you. Okay. Okay. And just, I'll just throw that this out there. All right. The big. What's the biggest issue with overtime, playing overtime? The biggest issue. The biggest issue has been. The biggest, oh, what they worry about? Or, yeah, or, or what has been the biggest issue that it was that both it, teams didn't get a chance for the ball. So right. winning the coin flip was the biggest issue right. of overtime. Right. Right. And right. now they think they've solved that because both teams have an opportunity Correct. with the football. The thought occurred to me, when you do, and I agree, just play football. All right, let's, how about just extending the game? Forget the coin flip. Forget resetting oh, no. at the end of regulation. I'm, I'm with you. How about at the if it's a tie game, 
play football. You're just playing. You don't stop. You, you, you treat the end of the fourth quarter like it's the end of the third quarter. You put another 10 minutes on the clock, and yet you, a team might have the football and they might be down in scoring position. The, the only negative is you don't have the aspect in a tie game of trying to beat the clock to kick that game-winning field goal, or whatever. But the the point is, you got to score anyway, right? And so, what difference does it make if you're trying to beat the clock on it? Okay, there's there's the reason why we have downs in football. There's there's still how do they how do they handle it in the NBA? They play a quarter, but, right? But it's no, not, no, they play well four minutes, or four five minutes, minutes, five or minutes. Is, but yeah. they play foot basketball, right? Right? It's not sudden death. Right. They didn't yuck it up. What does the NHL do when they get to the playoffs? You know, it's sudden death, but it's not like— First one to score. But there's both, no coin flip. Both, both, Yeah, both teams, because of the nature of those games, you play, has a chance right. with the ball. You play hockey. What do they yeah. do in soccer? They play two 15-minute right. overtimes right before they get to this goofy— And you've got every opportunity to take the ball away from the right. opponent. So you don't like whatever. sudden death, Mick? Sudden death? It, it Well, without the... All right. But sudden death means... It becomes sudden death whenever... A coin flip. But, but it, it also becomes sudden death if you just play on. Right. Right. And so it, you haven't taken away the aspect of sudden death. You just continue to play the game. And all aspects of the game are still in play this way, okay? You have, if you're on defense at the end of the game, you got to stop them, okay? And, there's, and you have no argument. We're just extending the game. So I, I don't understand why it hasn't even been brought up that just, just play like that and take the coin flip out of it. Right. Who cares? And especially in the playoffs, right? right. Especially in the playoffs. Why, why, why do you have to get in a hurry to end, end the playoff game? Let them play football. Don't yuck it up. Don't come up with, well, you got to have a two-point conversion. And, and, and That's not the way you play the game. Play the game normal. I mean, in hockey, I understand what they do in the regular season. It's a long season, 82 games, uh, and they go three on three, okay? But in the <laughs> playoffs— seven on seven in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, but in the, in the playoffs, it's, it's, they play hockey, right? It's, it's sudden death. But you, you go seven hockey. on seven. You take the seven lineman. Seven. You take the take the lineman yeah, off the field. Yeah. Well, they can't play more than sixty minutes. Those are big guys, and we don't want to tire them out. And, and you so don't want to run the football. Seven just seven yeah, on yeah, seven. Yeah. Seven just on throw seven. the ball. Right? Yeah. All right, Chris. You said we have a phone call. I do. I have right. Kevin in Uniontown, Ohio. Kevin in Uniontown, Ohio. You're the first caller in a couple of years on mixed shots. <laughs> Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, a couple questions, and then I'll just let you guys go and you see what you guys say. There, my here's a couple of my theories. One, to me, this year, I know we had to clean up the cap, and that seems like that's what they're doing. Are they planning for more of a next year turnaround instead of a this year turnaround? Because I don't see them adding. Definitely, we're not as good as we were last year at this time, especially at certain positions. And Mick, do you see us signing a um, an offensive tackle before the draft happens? Um, there's, the, I know that the pickings are getting small out there, but um, I can't see us going into the draft right now with that kind of need. What's your thoughts? I think uh, on the offensive tackle, they'll keep their eyes open for a veteran uh, on a one or two year deal that doesn't cost a lot against the cap. Uh, that doesn't preclude uh, drafting a guy 
uh, and, and saying, okay, uh, you know, this guy's got to start. I think it's open for competition. And then the other thing I think you have to remember at offensive tackle is they, you know, Terrence Steele right now, if they played tomorrow, is your starting right tackle. Now, who's the swing tackle? They're certainly hoping that Josh Ball is what they thought he was drafting him in the fourth round. So you've got to give him a chance, but I don't know that you could just rely on that. Uh, So I think at some point in – um, I think Stephen Jones talked about it. You know, they still looking for, you know, maybe it's an offensive lineman that's a guard tackle and, and, and can c- compete for the starting job. Uh, but I think that's where they are on that. And as far as for the turnaround, um, as you know, with Cowboy fans, there's no such thing as a turnaround, right? They, they're supposed to win the division. And – if you look at the teams in the NFC East, aren't the Cowboys going to be favorite? Just, I agree with that. Just because of the quarterback? Though, good enough, though. Well, I, I, I think that they're good enough to win the NFC East right now. I mean, well, no, who's, I was talking who, about, sorry, Mick, to interrupt you, but I, I wasn't talking about us being, I, I, and I agree with you, I do believe that we're the best team on paper in the NFC East, but is that good enough for um, our head coach to keep his job? Well, is it his fault? I would say no, but okay. you know how that works yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. I got you. Uh, I, I think they. I think they can be good enough. And you got to let the season play out, right? Because remember this thing, and and um, I can't remember if Jerry pointed it out or Mike pointed it out. At this time last year. How good were they? They didn't have Michael Parsons at this time last year, right? Yeah, well, Jerry I, I pointed agree, out. I agree with that totally, but you, you know, we were definitely much stronger going as wide receiver group than we are today. You know what? The, I love the opportunity. I love the the word Mike Mike McCarthy used: opportunity. There's yeah. a lot of opportunity on this team. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but you got to <laughs> play it out and see. You know what takes place, and yeah, I think wide receiver, and we talked about it last week. Remember, we kind of got into offensive lineman or wide receiver, and I was saying, well, I think the wide receiver is very important. Uh, and again, as Stephen pointed out, yeah, you go into the draft with what you want to do, and then what happens if a a lamb or a Parsons is sitting there, and all of a sudden your priorities change, right? Well, uh, and, and so we got a ways to go yet, I think. And, and that's, and I agree with you, but that's why I, I'm kind of concerned. I don't want us not to bring in a guard, you know, pick somebody out there in free agency and not go into this draft needing it something. I like the idea of us being able to draft with the best player on the, who is available on their board and not be compromised to have no choice but to pick up a guard or center if that's the route you want to go. Yeah, and again, and it has to be for a reasonable amount of money. And I know, yeah, well, yeah, because right now we have, you know, very little little cash flow to do anything better. Right. Absolutely. All right, Kevin, thanks All a right. lot. Way to start hey, things you. off. All right. Have a good day. We're going to encourage right. us to take more phone calls. All right, so our multiple phone lines are open. <laughs> <laughs> for more phone calls, um, which, by the way, on on and I I did this for a mix shot on 
DallasCowboys.com for today. So you're going to be without, at wide receiver, right? You're without Mari Cooper, Cedric Wilson. Steven points out probably no Michael Gallup for the first two or three games. Or six. Uh, well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you, you know, Malik Turner, I mean, he mm-hmm. contributed, right? Mm-hmm. So I added up the catches of those four guys. 160, 63% of the wide receiver receptions is no longer here. Oh, counting Gallup for the season opener, let's put it okay. that way. All right. And then when it comes to touchdowns, those four guys combined for 19 touchdowns. That was 76% of the wide receiver touchdown receptions. That's what's missing right now. So if the Cowboys were to play a game this Sunday, the wide receivers would be C.D. Lamb, C.D. Lamb, James Washington, James Washington, and Simi Fihoko, or Noah Brown, or Noah Brown. Mm-hmm. Those two so guys. Those are your four figured out four guys basically. Right. And you know, Mike McCarthy was somewhat impressed with James Washington, and he said. Talking, I hope he was more than somewhat impressed. Well, Sid, talking to the people in, in Pittsburgh, they, they thought he just needed a fresh start. Mm-hmm. And he also pointed out that when he came out in the draft, it was a second-round pick uh, from Pittsburgh, that the Cowboys had a high grade on him uh, coming out of Oklahoma State. So it'll be interesting to see you know what he can do uh, if he gets – I mean, he's going to get a chance, right? This is his opportunity. It's a one-year deal. Uh, And, you know, if he likes playing NFL football two hours from his ranch or one hour from his ranch, I guess it's a couple hours because it's just uh, west of Abilene, uh, then, you know, this is his time. He's going to get the opportunity. So you like playing football or Balin Hay? Yeah, right. <laughs> Which does he like better? Who was the offensive lineman that quit on the Cowboys back in the eighties, late eighties or early nineties, and he was going to go work in his father's roofing business? <laughs> Changed his mind real quick after he got up on that roof with a hundred degrees, and when he got his paycheck. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, you're just helping out the family. Okay, so uh, but anyway, to Kevin's point though about uh, is this team better now than it was a year ago at this time? He's the caller says no. Jerry said he likes where this team is now compared to a year ago at this time. What do you think? Well, I think a year ago at this time they were better off, right? But you know they did add, but no, we didn't know about the defense. And I don't know if the defense got better or not. Uh, it kind of they hold their own. They are counting on young guys to step up. Now, is that the answer? Because uh, you can't cover all your holes in the draft, right? You only got one first round. And, and see, that's the thing. And what Kevin would point out too, he would like to, and I, I, everyone would like for them to fill those holes where you're not having to draft for need in right. the draft. And that's been what the Cowboys' practice has been in free agency, where you sign enough, you got veteran guys, where you can go play. 
What you will quickly point out is that Connor McGovern has started games before. You can go play with Connor McGovern at left guard. And it's time, right? This is his fourth year. Hmm. You know, sit or whatever, out the door. I mean, you can't use a – he was a third-round pick, right? Third-round pick, fourth year. You got to be more than a, a a part-time fullback, part-time blocking tight end, right? And then there's the other thing about that is there will be interior offensive linemen who are still out there who can come in and start for you after the draft. Right. Okay. They are the market is the money's dried up right now. Okay. And so everybody signing right now are signing veteran minimum deals. It doesn't do those veterans any good to go ahead and sign now. They might as well at this point because all they're getting is a veteran minimum deal. They can they're going to get that same veteran minimum deal whether they sign in May or March. Right. At this point, now if you've got some starting experience in this league as a veteran offensive guard or center, you might as well wait. There, we've seen before where in OTAs a guy will tear an ACL or whatever, and their needs will arise. But to, and also from the standpoint, there are teams like the Cowboys who are looking at okay, yeah, we might draft an, a starting offensive guard with the 24th pick in the first round. But if Micah Parsons is sitting there or C.D. Lamb is sitting there exactly. and we don't get that uh, Kenyon Green from Texas A&M in the first round, all right, now we'll go sign that veteran that's on the street still you right. know, who has starting experience and who actually will be more equ- better equipped to play better snaps for you this year than a rookie would coming in. And, and that was the logic – of signing Dante Fowler Jr., right? Okay, let's bring in a veteran guy at defensive end just in case, right? And then we'll see what comes up in the draft. Uh, So they kind of filled in there. They fill in with Malik Hooker at safety. It's only a one-year deal, right? It's two years. Two years. Two years, eight million. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but but they filled in with him last year, signing him during the season, and right. he proved himself. And he's back from his injury, and he's and they felt good enough about him that they signed him to a two year deal, just like they did with Curse. Curse right. was a guy who was a fill in, and he turned out to be their leading tackler on the team last year. I think the biggest disappointment. I mean, look what they did on the offensive line. They did it of their own volition, right? They decided at right tackle that Terrence Steele could step in for Lael Collins at far less money uh, than, than, than Collins' $10 million base salary, right? And, and, and Jerry pointed it out. He said, you know, that's fine to have guys that make that much money, but you got to play to that level. And I got a feeling they don't think Lael Collins played at that level. Mm-hmm. That's why they let him go. Also- they didn't have to do that. They did it on their own volition. That's right, because the salary cap savings was not there in, in that case with, with Lyle Collins. And the same thing with Cooper. And I, I also think with Collins, they're probably concerned with his hip situation right. that has flared up here in the last couple of years. And they made the decision to let Cooper go. You know, they could have figured it out, but they decided, no, we're, we're going to move forward. And I, and I saw where they got criticized for only getting a fifth, mm-hmm. right? But here's the deal. Number one, teams knew that if 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 the Cowboys didn't trade them, they were going to cut them. So they're not going to give you a bunch of money, I mean a bunch of draft picks, 
I mean, he's not Tyreek Hill, right? There was a deadline on that, too. He, yes. That, that roster bonus, day. the fifth day of the new year. And the other thing is the team that trades for him has to inherit that $20 million base salary. So now it's like, okay, I'm taking him on, but I'm not paying you a whole bunch of money. It's the same thing that Cleveland's going through right now with Baker Mayfield. Right. There are teams that would take Baker Mayfield on, but they're not. he has a guaranteed $18 million uh, salary this year because they picked up the fifth-year option. And so Cleveland is on the hook for that right now. Right. And there's no team in their right mind right now because they, there's, no, there's no vacancy at the quarterback end in the league right now. There's no team that's going to take on that $18 million for Baker and Mayfield. it's guaranteed. Yeah, it's guaranteed. Fifth-year option so is guaranteed. Cleveland's got themselves that's right. in, the, in the only way big Cle- heap of trouble. That's, that's right. And um, So if I'm trading for them, I'm starting with, okay, I'll give you a seventh. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You, you want to absorb that contract and the new contract that you just promised and guaranteed till – Eternity. All right. Uh, Carlton in Baton Rouge is uh, on the line, but we're up against a break. So, Carlton, we're going to come back and take your call right out of the chute when we come back here on Mix Shots. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. The Cowboys way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. At AT AT&T, Everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. To Mick Shots. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. From corporate homes to your home, have your roof checked by choice, not by chance. Call now, 214-225-4860, kpostcompany.com. All right, let's go to Carlton in Baton Rouge. You are next up on Mix Shots. Hello, Carlton. 
Hello, Miss Bill. Hello. And Mickey. How you doing? How are y'all doing? Good. Well, I was just thinking I heard a couple of guys on all y'all podcasts saying Joe Looney's all the time around the star. If you could talk him out of retirement, you got a garden center. And then what about us drafting a running back? Uh... I think something would have to jump out at them on the third day of the draft. On a running back. A running back. Mm -hmm. And I think they like those young guys that they still have uh, rights to. Um, It's a deep running back class. Right. And, and in fact, I think across the board, uh, this this is a deeper draft. Than, and this is without filling up my green notebook entirely, but just by its nature, it's going to be a deeper draft than what it was for, for sure last year and in a normal year, and it's because of the pandemic. So I You've think, got a lot more people in the draft this year, and you had a lot fewer people in the draft last year. I think Mike pointed out, and these were numbers from Will McClay, that like a, a normal year – uh, they would have draftable grades on 150 to 160 players. And this year they have draftable grades on 220 to 230 players because of the pandemic. More so guys that, returned to right, college. So just use a, those numbers, 150 on one, a normal year? I think year? he said 150 to 160. Okay, yeah. let's say 160. Okay. And then this year and then this year they 220. have 220. 220. That's, six, that's two rounds. Yeah. So basically, instead of it being in a normal year, it's a seven-round draft, they view it as a nine-round draft and understand that every team has the same number of draftable grades. Well, they are the reason that you get to 250 that are drafted and everyone says, oh, yeah, we had a draftable grade on that guy is because they're not, they're not the same 160 players that everybody has a draftable grade on. Right. So anyway, um, so basically – you can look at it that a third round pick, a fourth round pick this year, you're more likely going to have a third round grade on them than in a normal year. Yeah, because you think know, about and, it. And those four fifth round picks, they probably in that room down down the hallway, they probably look at those four fifth round picks as guys that they will have third or fourth round draft picks on. Yeah, because think about it. Thirty two teams times seven rounds that's like 220 25 somewhere in there Mm -hmm. 222 24 and now you've got draftable grades on 220 of them Mm -hmm. so yeah this draft is going to be stocked with more players just when uh and and mccarthy said it he goes the big thing in this draft is bigger numbers of people that are available, so and that and that likely has um, has impacted not only the Cowboys but other teams as far as what they're doing here in free agency. There's yeah, a, there's a lot of guys who aren't in that first wave of free agency and even the second wave of free agency that are sitting out there on the street and they're not getting the offers that they want or they're taking the offers because they're afraid to, they won't have a seat at the table when all the, the when the music stops. Uh, so they're taking less money as a veteran guy because um, teams aren't aren't offering more because they feel like that they can uh, fill needs in the draft more so this year than in a normal year. You know, Stephen had a, a interesting comment 
And we kind of debated it last week, uh, offensive lineman or defensive end. And as I was kind of perusing some of the draft lists, it uh, seemed like there was a prolific proliferation of defensive ends, that there was a bunch mm-hmm. that had first-round grades. And he made – and when, when somebody asked him about the offensive lineman, where does that – and he goes, you know what? He goes, the way they play college football, it's really hard to project offensive linemen these days. So when everybody gets all excited about taking a tackle in the first round, it's like, okay, is he ready to play in the NFL? And over recent years, I think we've seen uh, a lot of busts with those offensive tackles because yep. this isn't college football. And and, and and in college football, basically all they're doing is pass blocking. Uh, and there's not much run blocking going on. And so that gave me pause about, you know, taking a offensive lineman high in the draft. Yeah, if all things were equal, they, yeah, could they use a, a – a, and again, I'll say it, a tackle who can play guard. Uh, because usually if you take a guard, that means he can't play tackle. Uh, and, and so – uh, at 24, you would consider it, or you trade down, uh, but your percentage of hitting on offensive linemen high in the draft these days is not as good as it used to be. Uh, but with the amount of defensive ends available, by the time they get to 24, there might be one available uh, that you can say, okay, this guy can turn things around. Um, so... Uh, I, I just thought that was interesting when he made that comment about offensive linemen. And when it comes to wide receiver, we've we've talked about the um, the the need that the Cowboys have at wide receiver. It's obvious. Um, and man, I look at the wide receivers in this draft, and I, there there are some who think that there could be seven, eight wide receivers going the first round. I mean, it was a, it was a really good wide receiver draft last year with the top three guys, uh, and they all they all came through in their rookie year right. and played well. Okay, and and I th- I think anymore that these there was a time ten fifteen years ago that there was a transition period that wide receivers had to go through in the league. Now I think the guys can step in and play. And so I think when you're looking at uh, some of these teams like the Cowboys with Cooper, like the Packers with Adams, uh, like the Chiefs with Tyreek Hill, they look at the the wide receivers in this draft and they think we can – now we may not get a DeMonte Adams, we may not get a Tyreek Hill or a Murray Cooper, but we can get a guy who can who can come in and uh, take a lot of targets and, and catch a lot of balls his rookie year. And, you know, there's a couple guys coming out off of injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Alabama. Yep, uh, Jamison Will, Williams. James Williams. Yep. yep. He's not going to be ready in the offseason, right? Would you use a first round on him? Maybe you get him in the second. And we know the Cowboys have been known. There's to another Alabama guy, Mechie, that's, uh, that also got hurt. And right. he, uh, I think his was in a November injury. And so maybe ready in the summertime. There was another wide receiver escaping my mind that was possibly an injury guy that may not would have gone high top mm-hmm. 10 15 that you know he tore his ACL. and that's the thing the, with Gallup's 
ACL and the surgery occurring in February, you need that rookie to be able to come in and contribute right away. Right, right. So, to me, you wouldn't take a guy like that not knowing that he could be ready to play. You know, they did it with Sean Lee, right, second round. And here again, even at wide receiver, we talked about it with the offensive guard. Cowboys see what they get in the draft as far as wide receiver. And, and yeah. there's, there's going to be receivers out there, veteran guys out there, who, again, would be able to contribute more at the beginning of the season than a rookie would be uh, that you draft. Correct. And, and again, and, and after the draft, you never know who gets released after yeah. I took this guy with my 10th pick. Well, he's going to start. That's, I think that's the danger in the draft is, is you want – when you're drafting players, you're drafting these players for if it's a first round pick, you're drafting them for five years because you have you have his rights for five years. Any other player, you're drafting them for four years. It's not just about your needs this year. It's it's how are you set at that position going forward, and that's why when the Cowboys make a decision on Amari Cooper and where he was in his contract right now. You're, and with the depth of the wide receiver class and, and and also what you have on your roster, your inventory at wide receiver, where C.D. Lamb is now two years away from getting big money. Michael Gallup, this year you, you paid big money, too. You have to... You have to change it over. You have to roll it over in the in the wide receiver room, and uh, and that just happens to be a position now where there's there's a lot more prospects out there, and and so you can you can fill the need as opposed to quarterback. Uh, quarterback, there aren't. I mean, proven quarterbacks that that are coming around every year. There's it's a crapshoot a lot of times as far as quarterback goes. You have to have a high draft pick usually to get one. And by the way, I I believe it was McCarthy brought this up, although Jerry touched on it. Your quarterback, by the way, is going to go through a normal offseason, right? He didn't get a chance to work that much. He didn't throw that much last year to all these guys uh, coming back from his injury. Uh, So he'll have a normal OTAs. He'll have a normal mini camp. They don't have to hold him back. uh, And he'll have a chance to work with these wide receivers, even, you know, the young ones more so than uh, he was able to last year. So that, too, can uh, make somewhat of a difference on uh, his preparation. All right. Um, There was news made around the National Football League, more specifically in Tampa last night. We get into that when we uh, come back here in just a moment. And more of your phone calls when Mix Shots continues in a moment. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for 
you and your budget. Visit unitedagandturf.com. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back back to Mixed Shots. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lens for you. See more, do more, Essilor. Do you have a prediction on who the Cowboys might be playing in the preseason this year? I hadn't even thought about it yet. Well, with the uh, report coming out uh, yesterday that the Cowboys and Chargers might be uh, practicing, practicing. so other. I'm thinking that there may be a uh, preseason game in the Chargers Stadium in L.A. Could be the uh, away game, right? Because they get two home games. Oh yeah. Oh wait, I, which was it last? Two year? away. Two, two away, away this year. Yeah, because we have an extra home game this year. So that's right. So two so, away, two right. away, one That's home. right. It's three preseason games. Yeah. So yep. So one in. Well, they just camp out in L.A., right? So, and I can't remember what did we do with Houston. Houston. Well, we had two. We had two uh, home games and one away last year. Well, Houston had, was one of them. Yes. Yes. So we're going Jaguars. to Houston. So the other away games, Houston, probably. So break camp. Go to Houston, go to Houston. and come home. Mm-hmm. And play and somebody. Play so we, somebody at home. Who do you want to play? At home. <laughs> Somebody that's not on the schedule. Kansas City's not on the schedule, right? Okay, bring let's Kansas go, let's City. Let's go Kansas here. City. Okay. And then let's go. Let's go. So to, we, did, we just made the schedule. And we're going to play at London, at London, at Jacksonville in London. Is that what you want to do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, please. That's not official, folks. It's been yeah. eight years. Yeah. It's not official. It, it, are you making that announcement? Maybe? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it might it's been it, eight years it was 20, since Joseph Randall played for the Cowboys against Jacksonville in London. Wow. And they've got to play, and they get – Eight years since they made that Rex Burkhead mistake in the draft. Right. And Des Bryant had the best best single quarter in NFL history. It's actually history, been nine years since right. that 2013. Who draft. almost missed the bus to go to London, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We sat outside the ranch for a while. He showed up right – like if if we were supposed to leave at four o'clock, he showed up at three fifty seven, and still had to go through this security. Does time. <laughs> That's why when we I remember were, that Our, I was camped fact, out outside the Valley Ranch. We were getting video. I was doing a live shot, and we were getting video of the, the team last departing one to come through. Mm-hmm, I do remember that. And so here's what happened. This was funny. So 
the first day we're there, I plugged my uh, my computer in, and it shot the charger like it. Yeah, I had no charger for my laptop. Oh right? my! So I had to go uh, down where the Cowboys were operating, and it was a, kind of in a hallway, a couple floors below us, and find somebody that had a charger that fit my laptop, so I can steal some 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 juice, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were supposed to leave at 11.30 to go to the practice. And so I'm down there, and I was going to wait to the last minute to charge my laptop. And I get a call. Uh, I think it was from Brian. They're on the bus, and it's like 11.23. And he goes, hey, the bus is getting ready to leave. I said, what time is it supposed to leave? He said, 11.30. I said, I still got seven minutes. <laughs> and, and, and I said, as... Jason Garrett comes walking by. I'm on Des Bryant time. 11.30 <laughs> means 11.30. <laughs> and he busted out laughing. <laughs> but, yeah, it's time to go back. They get three, three next three years they, they're playing. Oh, yeah, now, there's a game in Mexico City. And, and, Ger- they, and you got one of the German Germany. cities. I can't remember and another one. Frankfurt in, or Berlin. Another one in London at Tottenham, I think. Oh, yeah. Hotspur. Yeah. Jackson, Jacksonville's playing at the big stadium. Yeah, they're Wembley. playing at Wembley. Okay. Oh. So let's go. But do you want to go Tottenham? No, I want to go. You know, you're I going Wembley. You're go going Wembley, London. the yeah. Jacksonville You can't game. go Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have them on the schedule this they're year. They're not on the schedule. Uh, all right. So the Okay, so Tom Brady retired on February 1st. Mm-hmm. 40 days later, he came out of retirement. And then... On March 30th, Bruce Arian says, I'm out of here. Well, I'm going upstairs to the front office, and Todd Bowles is now the new head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Former Cowboys uh, defensive backs coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he spent several years here with uh, Bill Parcells. That's right. Yep. So what do you think? That was surprising because we kept hearing maybe Arians and – Tom Brady weren't like seeing eye to eye, and then he ends up coming back, and he ends up getting kicked upstairs. Bruce Arians, by the way, is uh, conducting a press conference right now. 69, going on 70. Um, okay, if I can read it. <laughs> it's very do, small print. Do I need print to read it for you? Chris Beam just sent me. Arians. All right, here's the quote. It's long. I may may not give you all of it. Succession has always been huge for me. With the organization in probably the best shape it's been in in its history, with Tom Brady coming back, I'd rather see Todd Bowles in position to be successful and not have to take some bad job or crappy job is in parentheses. Oh, he said something else, not crappy. (laughs) I'm probably probably retiring next year anyway in February, so I control the narrative right now. I don't control it next February because if Brady gets hurt, we go 10 and 7, and it's an open interview for the job. I got 31 coaches and their families that depend on me. My wife is big on not letting all those families down. So there you go. That's pretty good. You know, that is also when Bob Stoops stepped down at Oklahoma. Right. That's why he did it. Right, to save. To, to save the, the – and there are other coaches that have done that too. It was – when Stoops stepped down, it was in June. 
Mm-hmm. And so you're not hiring a new staff then, and you've, you everything's in place. Everything was in place for Lincoln Riley and the and the entire staff. And you know that, and obviously Arians has a uh, track record with Todd Bowles, not only in Tampa, but he was his defensive coordinator with the Arizona Cardinals. He has very strong feelings for Bowles, and so uh, he wanted to put him in a position. And he's not leaving the organization. He's going upstairs in the front office, and so he's – Still in, still there, and who knows? You know, he is sixty nine years old, and turning seventy this year. So, yeah, so it makes a lot of sense from that standpoint. Maybe we can do that when we get old, right? <laughs> Kick us up <laughs> when we get old. <laughs> when we get old, Bruce Arians, though, his career, um, you know, obviously he didn't become a head coach. Until an NFL head coach, until mm-hmm. very late in his career, it, uh, he was an interim coach with the Colts, uh, and then uh, got the full-time head coaching job with the Arizona Cardinals less than ten years ago now. But you go back and look at his history; he was on Bear Bryant's staff at Alabama. Was he really? That's how far back he was. A running backs coach at Alabama, 1981-82. Bear Bryant's last year as uh, the Alabama head coach. And, and uh, so Arians was 29 years old then, and uh, and he got the Temple head coaching job the next year. At the age of 30, for five or six years, he was the head coach at Temple. And really didn't did not he, – uh, he went to Kansas City shortly after that under Marty Schottenheimer. Um, and, but he was a college coach for years. And we then went over the decade of the 90s, went back and forth between college and the NFL, and then settled in the NFL around 2000. You want a nugget about it was 82, Bear Bryant's mm-hmm. last game? Mm-hmm. I've got a certificate. Is that the Cotton Bowl? It was at the Liberty Bowl. The Liberty Bowl, okay. And the I year co- before he was at the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I covered I covered that game. I covered I covered him at the uh, at the Cotton, Cotton Bowl, Bowl in '81. Yeah. So '82, and they they beat the snot out of Illinois. Eason was the quarterback. Okay. They couldn't protect him. And I remember the post. It was cold. The post game interview. They didn't have a room, so he stood on some crate like Jimmy used to do at training camp and it's freezing out and I looked at him and I was like god he's he's freezing he just he looks old right and I'll be darned if like a month later he passed away that's right I mean it was like in February uh it was I can tell you when it was because uh it was January like 27th or 28th no, 26th, because uh, it got in the it way. It was of, January 26, 1983, yes. he, and, at yeah. age 69, and, same age as Bruce Arians and right I now. Ended, we ended up going to uh, Tuscaloosa, because I was working in Jackson then, uh, Mississippi, and we went to Tuscaloosa to cover the, the funeral. So anyway, I digressed. No, you know, um, okay, I was just looking up. You know, with him, it was so. It was a month later. Okay, it was like it. I remember thinking at the time, okay, this guy he coaches all his life, and then he didn't have coaching, and he, yeah, yeah, right. Um, so I could remember. Uh, I can't remember if it was that year or the year before. We went to Tuscaloosa. For, they were playing Ole Miss, 
going to play Ole Miss. So in the middle of the week, we went there for his press conference, and I finally got up enough nerve to ask him a question, and he didn't like the question. <laughs> and his southern drawl went up ten times, right? I have no idea what he said to answer me, right? Because he didn't want to answer it, and and it was like, Okay, I get it, right? Because he answered all the other questions. I could understand them. But when he answered mine, I had no clue what he said. I, I was looking it up. Um, Joe Paterno is very similar. All right. Bear Bryant, mm -hmm. okay, he passed away with yes. less than a month after his last game that he coached. And uh, Joe Paterno, age 85, January twenty second, two thousand twelve. He coached through the two thousand eleven season at Penn State, and then that was it. Yeah, so yeah, it's amazing. All right, on the Cowboys. Uh, in fact, we're getting ready to tape a uh, the Blitz, which you'll see in Dallas Fort Worth on CBS eleven at eleven o'clock on Sunday night, and also here on DallasCowboys.com. Uh, Mickey is filling in for Kyle Yeomans on the Blitz this week. So one of the things we're going to talk about. Let's rehearse it right here. Okay. Okay. One of the things we're going to talk about. Offensive line need versus defensive line need. Okay, which is which is kinda, more needy? We kind of touched on that a little bit, talking about uh, what uh, Stephen Jones said about comparing defensive ends in this draft to offensive linemen. Uh, to me, for a first-round pick and the money that you spend, I think you get more bang for your buck with a defensive end than you do with an interior offensive lineman or uh, a tackle that late in the draft because there's going to be a bunch taken before that. I can get that in the second round. I think second-round defensive ends drop off considerably compared to the guys that go in the first round. Okay. We're also talking about uh, offensive guard versus defensive. Let's. How about we make – okay, you're comparing – a guy who can be an offensive tackle, even if he's not right, right now, but you're looking at the, over the next five years, he'll play offensive tackle for you versus an edge rusher. Right. 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 All right. What about the need offensive guard versus a defensive tackle? How do you look then at that? I would I, I probably knowing what they have at tackle right now, I could play with those guys. Uh unless one of those big slobber knockers from Georgia is available <laughs> that can't get moved off the line of scrimmage, especially. And we're talking not so much, for, for, although they may take a guard in the first round, right? Or you're talking more second, third round. I could on see that. them doing that, and you can hit on guards there, right? It's a guard. Because um, uh, you look at the Cowboys, the defensive tackle position. And with with the drafting of Osa Digazua last year, right. you got him for three more years. Neville Gallimore, you've got him for two more years. Okay, and obviously you, on the offense at guard, McGovern only you only have him one more year. And then say what you want about we feel good about Gallimore and Odigazua. Yes, you know, and and you got Wilson that you brought in uh, back, right? You mean Carlos, Carlos Watkins? Carlos Watkins. I said Wilson. Sorry. Uh, and he's on a one-year deal, and you got Tristan Hill, and Tristan Hill, who's on in the last year of his, his four-year deal, right? So, to me, 
if you're lo- looking to replace, and you also have Bohanna as a nose, right? Randy Gregory. I mean, and here, oh, that was another thing that came up in all this stuff with McCarthy when he did his deal. He got asked about Micah Parsons, and he basically said Micah Parsons is a linebacker. He can move around, and he pointed out that of his 13 sacks, seven came from the linebacker spot, six came from lining up as a true defensive end. And he said that as an offensive guy, you are doing me a favor if you line up Micah Parsons down in and down out at defensive end because I now know where he's going to be. If he lines up at linebacker, we have the ability to move him around, and you don't know where he's always going to be. So to Mike McCarthy, he's a linebacker. He's not taking over a defensive end position. So – just to clear that up, because I think there was a lot of people. Well, he got which still sacks. may mean he'll have fifteen sacks, right? But and and it, it maybe you know seven or eight are still at defensive end when they move him around, but you just don't know because the other thing, if you think about what they did towards the end of the year when they were in a four four two whatever, they would line him up like a strong side linebacker on the line of scrimmage next to DeMarcus Lawrence. Now, pick your poison. Mm -hmm. Which one are you going to block? Here's the other thing. Linebackers can play three downs. Right. Okay? You you get three – you want – you hope you get a linebacker who can be a three-down linebacker. Usually, defensive ends, although DeMarcus Lawrence, he'll play his heart out for you right. for 60 snaps a game, but he's not. He, 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 you can't ask him to play 80 snaps, okay? And usually, he's going to be in the 50 snap. To get the most of effectiveness out of an edge rusher, he's probably on the field max 50 snaps out of 70, 75 in a game. Micah Parsons can be on the field more if you're playing him at linebacker. And, and, and think about this. So Parsons, uh, once he started playing predominantly linebacker um, towards the end of the season, so like Kansas City played 88% of the snaps, next game 88.5, next game 92.9, next game it was Washington and it was over after three quarters, 79%. Uh, the Giants, 88%, and then they pulled back that second Giants game. He only played 55 snaps. So You got Lawrence there? I just shut it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Lawrence. New Orleans was first game, wasn't it? New Orleans was the first game. He, pay, he played 52.9%. So half the snaps. Uh, and then 69, 63 41, 65, and 39-2, and that was the last game mm-hmm. that didn't matter. So, so, yeah. so you're looking at, six, at max 60% of the snaps yeah. for a defensive end. Right. And and you could always you move them. You could put them at defensive end every now and then. But it also Just tells don't you, tip it off. But, but, but also you want to be in a position where you've got quality linebackers. Like if you want to play him on a certain – where you, you've got a – a base defense out there of a basically a four three right whatever where you got 
Leighton Vander Esch and Jabril Cox on the field at the same time with Micah Parsons where they can play linebacker while he's lining up as an edge rusher. And, and you're not tipping your hand what you're doing. Or, you know, still you got that Keanu Neal spot in the nickel where uh, which Jabril Cox can play that, um, where you can be in a nickel and he can still be an edge rusher and you've got two linebackers on the field to be able to stop the run. Which would be an interesting scenario if they get to 24 and a linebacker or two is available. You know, would you do it? Leighton Vanderus on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're hoping Jabril Cox comes back to be the guy they thought he was hey, after his ACL. Hey, there's. Surgery. I mean, there's how much, uh, how much talk has there been out there? Oh, you got to go sign Bobby Wagner. Yeah. You know, well, Why? that, that, tell, that yeah. tells tells you that there are a lot of fans out there who believe they need a linebacker. Yeah, and, and, or, or just because it's Bobby Wagner. But but if you get a first-round rookie, Bobby Wagner? Yeah, and save, like, mm-hmm. he would only cost you against the cap the first year probably a million and a half, two million dollars instead of 11 that it looks like yeah. Wagner is looking for. And one of the reasons why... Uh, I think Stephen Jones, Jones put it out. That sounded like they moved on from that. Uh, then, yeah, that's a that's another consideration. And and that linebacker from Georgia, you got him in the Kobe. Yes, Kobe Dean. I like him. Yeah, I like him too. Plus, he 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 checks the boxes in other in uh, character as yes. well. Yeah. So so th- those things that, that that will come up, but. Having Parsons is important. And the other point I was going to make, I know we're running out of time, the Cowboys, when they basically, you know, Randy Gregory goes to Denver. Now, a lot of people thought, well, he averaged $14 million a year. They got all that money to play against the cap. Well, his first year cap charge in Denver, and it was basically the same contract the Cowboys had, was only $6 million. So Jerry looked at it as, okay, we didn't get that $6 million, but we took that money and got three players. Got Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler, and Leighton Vanderish. And I looked it up, and those guys' combined cap hit for this year is $8.2 million. So the $6 million they had for Gregory, they ended up with three players. Uh, and that was his choice. Although I just saw he's having rotator cuff surgery. Gregory is? I just heard it this morning mm. when I was driving in. Um, and it evidently came up after he signed the contract or whatever. They must have known. Well, when you're signing a contract like that, I can certainly understand how you might injure <laughs> a rotator cuff. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of heavy lifting on that. that that's on true. That, you know, yeah. so... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so he he's 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 uh, headed to surgery, but they qualified it as we got a three for one. Now, is the talent the same? I don't know if those guys will combine for thirty some quarterback pressures, but he only had I'm not only but six sacks, right? Armstrong mm-hmm. had five mm-hmm. and considerably less snaps. So. And 16 sacks over the first seven years of his career or whatever? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Availability. That's right. That's very important. Okay. 
That does it for this edition of Mixed Shots. We're going to go tape the blitz. You'll see that on DallasCowboys.com. And we will see you again next week here on Mixed Shots. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?